Thank you for joining us today, and we're going back into our series. And by the way, we've gotten a lot of feedback about this series. We've been calling it up, How Do You Stay Up When Things Are Down? And that's really important for us to hear and to know about. And again, before we really get into the essence of this message, I want to just say once more, Happy Mother's Day to all of you ladies. Well, we've been in this series and uh, you and I need this message today. I'm just saying, we really, really do. I think you need it, and I need it, and I'm very glad that you're with us. Obviously, we are at present dealing with a global pandemic. Now, could you have ever imagined that your life so quickly would dramatically change in the way that it did? Could you have imagined that? No, I don't think so. I know that I couldn't, but so many things have changed in just a matter of no time. And, and we know we're right in the middle of the pandemic. All you've got to do is turn on the TV or go on the Internet, and you can see that's really uh, dominating in terms of what the news is dealing with right now with the coronavirus. And, and we know that for many of you, it's affected your work. Some of you, you continue in your job the way you all have. Others of you, you're, you're working from home these days, and that can bring with it uh, maybe some nice portions about it, but also some complexities with that. Uh, some of you, uh, you've been furloughed during this time, and that's certainly uh, people that we've been praying for, that you'd be able to get back to work very soon. But the coronavirus has affected everything. Uh, schools, what about the way that it affected schools? Uh, my daughter and son-in-law, they're both educators, and it's just sort of changed them, changed it for students at their schools. Restaurants, it's changed that. Gyms, uh, those of you that are like me, that you uh, enjoy going to the gym, and now the gyms are closed, and you can't go to the gym gym and you're having to find alternative workouts like I'm doing at home in the mornings just in my living room watching the screen and working out and just finding uh, ways to still get a workout in and and uh, what about barbershops and hair salons and if those don't open up pretty quickly I've already decided I'm going back to my high school haircut and and it wasn't good I'm warning you ahead of time I hope I don't have to reach that point but I'll go back to my high school haircut if necessary and what about church 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 has dramatically changed. And, you know, we've been into this for a number of weeks now. And I can just tell you, it is so different uh, preaching as I am right now to nothing but empty seats. I sure do look forward to when we're back together again. I cannot wait for that. Now, what I've been sharing with you, though, in this message series is that we have been, long before this time, we are currently dealing with and will forever be confronted by an ep- epidemic of negativity. We've been talking about that in this series. And how do we deal with that? How do we deal with pessimism? How do we deal with discouragement? How do we deal with ungratefulness? We've been talking about that in this series up. How do you stay up when things can seemingly be so down? And in this service today, I want to look at something. I'm really, really excited about it. I hope you will by the time we get to the end that this will be something that God has used to help you. But I want to talk to you today about becoming an encourager. Let me say that again. How do you and I become an encourager? Now, would you agree that this world right now, especially, always has, but especially right now that people in this world could use a good dose of encouragement? 
Absolutely. We believe that with everything that is within us. And furthermore, have you considered this truth that our great God is an encouraging God? He really is. Our great God is an encouraging God. And I want you to check out with me something that Paul says about this. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And look at these two verses with me. Look at these uh, verses. When we arrive, this is the Apostle Paul, this great church leader, and he said, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We were like uh, extraordinarily busy. We faced, though, he said, conflict from every direction with battles on the outside. Look at that phrase, with battles on the outside. Look at this next portion, and fear on the inside. We had battles on the outside, fear on the inside. Look at this next part, but God, but God who encourages those who are discouraged encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. And God used, uh, Paul is saying, Titus, he came. God, who is so good about encouraging people when they need encouragement, encouraging people when they are discouraged. God is so good. Our great God loves, loves, loves to bring encouragement to people that are discouraged. Now, you saw the phrase, and maybe it's the way that you feel right now. Maybe you feel like Paul. Paul said, here we are. We've come to Macedonia. We've had little to no rest. And he said, what is so problematic for us? We've been dealing with a couple of things all at once. We've been dealing with battles on the outside, and we have fear on the inside. And maybe that is pretty descriptive of your life right now. Maybe you're even saying, Jeff, that's, that's me. That's what I'm walking through in my life. I'm dealing with battles on the outside. I've got stuff going on in my external world, and I don't have control over it. And man, it is conflict. It is struggle. It is battle. And it's going on on the outside. Some of you may be saying, well, you know, my challenge is not as much what's happening externally on the outside as what's going on in my own life because I have some fears on the inside. You know, I'm afraid because of something that's going on in the life of my family. I'm afraid because of this virus, and, and I'm just wanting to be sure that I'm protected. I'm afraid because I don't know where the economy is going. I'm afraid that my job is so shifted and changed that I don't know what it's going to be like when I get Get back. I've got some of you are saying I've got battles on the outside, and some of you are saying I have fears on the inside. Some of you are saying, regrettably, I've got both going on. I've got the battles on the outside and the fear going on in, on the inside. And so a lot of you could identify with what Paul is saying uh, right here in this Second Corinthians passage. Now, I wish that I would do what I'm about to tell you. I wish that I would do this more often. I wish that there would be more times when I would simply pause and recognize the many times that a really, really good God is sending encouragement my way. I wish that I would do that more often. Did you know that God does that? Do you know, as we saw in the language that Paul used just a moment ago, that the God that encourages those who are discouraged, do you know that he is constantly doing this? That God is simply uh, sending encouragement uh, to us. And sometimes, I'm guilty of this, I don't even pause and recognize it. And, and I need to do that more. Perhaps you do as well. Because God does that. He sends encouragement. Sometimes God sends encouragement. And again, we may not always recognize it. But God sends encouragement uh, through a friend. Or, or maybe God sends encouragement through a family member. And maybe God encourages your soul through a song. 
Maybe it's a book that you've picked up, and it inspires you and encourages you, and it's God's way, and maybe you're like me. You don't always recognize it, but God has put a book in your hand, you know, for the most part, that he is using that book to encourage you, or maybe a podcast, or maybe he's using a verse, and you're in your quiet time, and your devotional time, and you're reading long, and God brings you to a verse, or such a verses, and God is using his own word to encourage you. God, who encourages the discouraged, is always looking for ways to encourage us. Sometimes he does it through scenery. Sometimes we can see the sky, a beautiful sky, or maybe we've gone to the beach, and we can see the ocean, or a sunset or stars. And listen, we know this. We don't worship creation. We don't do that. But creation speaks of the glory and the power and the greatness of God. And we could just look at all that God has made, and that can be encouraging to us. Sometimes God brings encouragement uh, through a message in, in a church service. And I hope that that's going to be true in your life today, that something's going to happen in the next few moments. There's going to be something that you're going to hear. And it may not be the totality of it, but you're going to hear something. And it's exactly what God is doing. God is using a message to encourage you. Sometimes God sends uh, an email through somebody to encourage you or a text message. Uh, a lot of times I get really, really encouraged when I FaceTime my grandkids. God is using my grandkids, these three beautiful grandkids, to encourage me. Did you know that the God who encourages you wants you to become an encourager? Can I say that again? Remember God, this great God who encourages the discouraged? God wants to use you to be an encouragement to others. And it is one of the most spiritual things that you or I could do. To be an encourager is one of the most spiritual things that you or I could do because it is patterned after the nature of our Heavenly Father. I want you to realize it in this way. When you become an encourager, and that's what we're talking about in this message today, when you become an encourager, and I hope that you are, and if you're not, I hope that you will, but when you become an encourager, you are actually exemplifying the life of your Heavenly Father who is an encourager, and you and I are most like him when we're patterned after his nature and his likeness. So God not only wants to encourage you when you are discouraged, God wants to use you to encourage other people. In these next few moments, I want to share with you Three truths about becoming an encourager. So I hope you'll write them down somewhere. A notepad, you can do that. Your, your phone, your tablet. You know, God is constantly doing this. He's constantly bringing encouragement. People desperately need it. And you can certainly become this if you're not already. And that is to be an encourager. Are you ready? You ready? Three truths I want to give you about becoming an encourager. You ready? Here's the first one. Number one. We can and should encourage other people daily. We can and should encourage other people, you heard right, daily, every single day. And you're like, Jeff, where did you get that from? Right out of the Bible. I want you to see this verse with me. In fact, this one, I want you to read out loud with me, all right? I know you're at home, but you can read it out loud. Read this one with me. It's great. And I want you to notice a couple of things going on here. This is what the Hebrew writer said. You must encourage one another. Not maybe you will, or I suggest you must encourage one another. And then look at this phrase right here, these two words, each day, each day. Let's read it again, would you? You must encourage one another each day. You must encourage one another each day. 
And I know what some of you are thinking right now. You're like, come on, Jeff. Man, that's daily? Really? Isn't that like over the top? You know, maybe you're even thinking, there's scores of things that I don't do every day that I probably should do. Some of you are saying, there's things I don't do seven days a week. I don't go to work seven days a week. Some of you are thinking, I'd love to go to the beach seven days a week, or I'd love to go fishing, or I'd love to play golf, or I'd love to go shopping, or what. You may be thinking, there's all kinds of things that you should do seven days a week, and you're thinking, there's all kinds of things that I don't do. Comb my hair, brush my teeth. No, you wouldn't do that. I know that you do that every single day. Now, uh, this is how this should play out for me. Remember, this truth is... We can and should encourage others, but it's broader than that. We should do it daily. Now, I don't know how this should play out in your life, but I want to tell you how it should play out in my life. Are you ready? And a lot of you who know me, you're going to know why I'm going to mention this, all right? This is how it should play out for me. I should encourage people on the days that I enjoy a great breakfast from Chick-fil-A. I should encourage other people on those days. On the days that I enjoy a great breakfast from Chick-fil-A, I should encourage people on those days. And let me take it a a step further. And especially should I encourage people on the day when Chick-fil-A is closed. And you can figure that out on your own. In other words, I should encourage other people every single day. Some of you may be thinking, though, But you know, Jeff, you're a pastor. You're supposed to do that. That's something you ought to do. But I want to say this to you. So should you. The verse that we just looked at, you know, nowhere in Hebrews does it say this is for pastors and only pastors or church leaders or missionaries or evangelists or such should do that. No, this is for all of us who follow Jesus Christ. We should encourage people every single day. But you know, maybe you're saying, well, can I ease into it? And Well, I guess you can, so let me tell you how you can ease into it. Here's how you can ease into it for you if you're saying, I don't want to do it your way. So how can you ease into it? You could ease into it by encouraging people on the days of the week that end in Y. Yeah, you know where that lands us, right? Every day, every day, that's seven days. So, why? Because this is not my idea. I didn't come up with this where I'm saying we need to encourage people daily. That's straight out of the Word of God. That's straight out of the Bible. But why do you think God chooses seven? Why would God say that you and I can and should encourage other people daily? Why would God say every single day? And I'll tell you why. It's because people every day, for the most part, are hearing three different voices. And you're saying, you know, what are you saying by that, three different voices? I'll tell you what I mean by that. Every single day, people are hearing negativity from the world. They're hearing negativity from other people. They're hearing things like, you know, uh, you're not good enough. People hear that. Or you're not smart enough. Or you're not rich enough. Or you're not attractive enough. Or you're not talented enough. Or you're not popular enough. We should encourage people every single day. This should be a part of our Christian life, encouraging others daily. Because the world is always speaking with loud voices of negativity. But that's not the only voice. Here's another voice that speaks to people every single day. And that is the voice of deception from the enemy. The enemy is wanting to speak into the minds and hearts of people every day. And when he speaks, it's generally going to be something like this. It's going to be like, you know what? God can forgive that. 
Uh, God cannot forgive that. You know, God can forgive other things. There's other things, but God can't forgive that, what you've done. And and you will hear that voice. Some of you have heard that voice this week where you're like, you know, uh, where'd that come from? And it's the evil one telling you that whatever it is that you've done and you feel you can't be forgiven, the enemy will tell you, yep, God can't forgive that. Or he'll tell you this, God does not love you because you've extracted, you've removed yourself from the love of God. Or how could God love somebody that would be like you? And the enemy is speaking lies of deception. Do you know what the Bible says about the evil one? That he cannot even speak the truth. He doesn't even have the ability to speak the truth. And he's going to tell you things like, you know, you, know, you could never live the Christian life. Some of you are not Christians uh, right yet, and you haven't become a Christian, and you're like, you know what? I could never live the Christian life. And the fact of the matter is, you or I cannot live the Christian life apart from Christ. It's impossible. But the enemy tells you, you can't live the Christian life. But you can with God's help. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, the scripture says. Or you may hear a voice that says, you've done way too much. You've had your chances. The enemy will tell you, he'll lie to you and say, you know, you've asked God to forgive you of that so many times. And God has reached his limit. He's not going to forgive you anymore. And that's a lie from the evil one. So you hear a voice of negativity from the world or from people. You'll hear a voice of deception from the enemy. But you know, here's another voice that you'll often hear. You'll hear your own voice, a voice of uncertainty speaking to you and saying to you something like, you know what? I'm not a good mom. And that's your own voice speaking. I'm not a good mom. Uh, A voice of inadequacy. I'm not a good mom. And I look at other moms and they seem to have their act together and they can balance all these, uh, you know, things at once. They can spin all these plates and keep them spinning. And I can't do that. And maybe you just feel inadequate and you'll tell yourself, I'm not a good mom. Or some of you will say, well, I'm, I'm not a good provider. Others of you will say, you know what, I'm a lousy Christian. Why should I even be a Christian? So I'm such a lousy Christian, and I disappoint God and others and myself so many times. Some of you, you'll speak to yourself, and you'll say, I'm a terrible student. Have been, always will be. So you and I need to encourage each other and others around us daily because there's always three voices that are speaking to us. I want us to go back to Hebrews, and I want you to look at a couple of verses from chapter 10. Look at these two verses. Let us be concerned for one another. That's a great statement, to help one another, help each other to show love and do good. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing instead. Now, look at this phrase right here. Look at this phrase. Let us encourage one another all the more since you see that the day of the Lord is coming nearer. And here's a great starting place, my friends. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Whenever you have something good that comes into your mind about somebody, here's what I want to challenge you to do. If you're thinking good about somebody, go ahead and say it. If you've had a good thought about call them. Say it to them if they're around you. Text them. Find a way. Email them. If you're thinking good about somebody, go ahead and say it. It may be a family member. It could be your spouse. And if you're not accustomed to doing that, I'd encourage you to sort of stand behind them in case they pass out when you say something encouraging to them. It may be somebody that you work with. It may be, it may be a friend. It may be your own kids or your own parents. But when you think something good, this is a way to encourage other people. Uh, it may be uh, your boss. It may be an employer that, that you have. And when you think something good, just go ahead and say it. That's a way that we can encourage, and we can and should encourage others daily, every single day. That's God's word for you and for me. That's truth number one. But now let me give you truth number two. Are you ready for this one? 
We can and should encourage others spiritually. We can and should encourage others spiritually. This is encouragement. Let me just say it this way. This is encouragement at a higher altitude, a higher level of encouragement. It's not just daily, but now we're encouraging people spiritually. And, you know, friends, this we can grow into naturally. But we're going to have to be intentional. It's not just going to happen. It can become natural, but we're going to have to get intentional about it. I want you to take a look at these three verses. This is back to Paul, writing to a different group of believers, and this is uh, writing to some believers in Rome. He said, one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so that I can bring you, look at this, I want to bring you some spiritual gift that will help you to grow strong. I want to bring you a spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, now he's got this connected. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith. That's what Paul says. When I'm with you, I want to bring a spiritual gift, and I want to encourage you in your faith. But look at what he adds. But I also want to be encouraged by yours, by your faith as well. I want to encourage you, and I want you. Paul is just vulnerable about it. I want to encourage you, but I want you to encourage me. Just think for a moment what Paul is saying here. He said, encouragement becomes like a gift that we give to people that can help them to grow strong spiritually. And you and I can do this. Again, we'll have to be intentional about it, but it's really not crazy demanding when you think about it. You can encourage people. This is higher altitude encouragement, and and it comes across in a lot of different ways. It it may be that you say to somebody, you know what? I want to just encourage you because I love the way that you worship. I watch you sometimes worshiping God, and the way that you worship God is inspiring to me, and you know what that can do? That can encourage that person. Or you can say, you know what? I love the way that you share your faith, and I know it's not always easy to share uh, your faith, but the way that you do it, it inspires me to want to share my faith too. That is spiritual encouragement. You can say to somebody, you know, I watch the way that you love and care and take care of your family, and and that is so encouraging to me, and what what you're doing is you are bringing to them a spiritual gift of encouragement, or you say, I see the way that you invite people to church, and and that just makes me want to invite people to come to church, or I see the way that you lead our small group, and the The way that you lead our small group is phenomenal. What are you doing? You are bringing to them a spiritual gift of encouragement. Or you say, I see the way that you lived your life. And you live your life authentically. And it just makes me want to just be real and be open and vulnerable in my own life. See, your words become a gift of encouragement that helps them to grow spiritually. You know, you could even, I know it's Mother's Day. You could even do this with your kids. It's mom or dad. I know that I try this often. You, you know, the boys, especially Audrey was good at sports too, but the boys were especially uh, good at sports. And, and you could even take something like sports or music or grades or some other. But I would often say to the guys, wow, you're really good at that. And you could use something like even sports to say, to bring some spiritual encouragement. How, here's how you take it to a higher altitude. You say, you know what? You're really, really good at that sport. And it's obvious that God has given you a great gift. And and I would do this with the guys. God's given you a gift. You have an ability. Thank God for it. You know, sometimes, I don't know if your kids were like mine when they were small. Sometimes I thought, hey, you, you know, you've got the gift of being a smart aleck. Now, that's not from Jesus, but you seem to have that gift. 
Well, thankfully, that wasn't a whole lot, but it did happen. But you can encourage your kids. Hey, you know, the grades that you make, that's a gift from God. God's given you the ability to make good grades. Are you really good at music? Are you really, whatever. You can find ways to encourage even your own kids. And we need to mention that on a day like today, on Mother's Day. Now, did you catch another important truth that Paul gives to us in this passage? It is a relationship, and we'll just call it relationships of mutual encouragement. Paul says this in verse 12, and you saw it with me a moment ago. He said, I want to encourage you, but let's not stop there. He says, let's not quit. Let's not do a timeout. I want to encourage you. But then Paul says, but I need you to encourage me. And everybody needs that. If somebody were to say to me, and I've never had anybody say this to me, but if somebody were to say to me, you know, Jeff, I don't need any encouragement. I don't ever need any encouragement ever I don't need it. I don't ever need any encouragement. Can I just be real plain and honest? That's weird. That is totally and completely weird. It feels to me dishonest for anybody to say, I don't need encouragement. Now, there may be some things in the past. We don't want to get into that or some baggage that somebody brings into their life that, you know, that uh, is a carryover. But I don't think at the core of a person's heart, do they ever say, well, you know, I don't need encouragement because I think everybody needs encouragement. That's why we're talking about straight out of the Bible, why we need to encourage others daily, and we need to encourage, encourage other people spiritually. See, all of us really need what Paul is talking about here, mutual encouragement, because some of our relationships, when we think about them, are actually one-sided, one-sided encouragement, meaning that you may be the one that is doing all the encouraging. So you also need other relationships where you're not the only one doing all the encouraging. Paul was this great uh, amazing church leader, but he says to these believers, he says, here's, here's what I need. He's talking to some believers living in Rome. He said, I want to come to you, and I want to bring you encouragement, but you know what? I'm going to bring that spiritual gift to you, but I need your encouragement as well. Now, having said that, I want to bring us to the final truth, truth number three, and that is sometimes you're going to have to encourage yourself. Let me just say that, and this is going to happen to you and it's going to happen to me. Sometimes we're going to have to encourage ourselves. Please listen. There are going to be occasional season in your life and my life when we're simply in a place where you have to encourage yourself, as the scripture says, in the Lord. And I want you to see this. It's our last verse, and I want you to check it out with me. Uh, this is David in 1 Samuel, and it says this, David encouraged himself. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Read it out loud with me this time. You ready? David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now, we don't have time to get into the story of this, but this really flows out a very discouraging season in David's life. Like we saw earlier, David is at a point where he's got all kind of battles on the outside, and he's got fears on the inside. And you can read about it later. Essentially, what's going on is some people that are very close to him, his friends, have threatened to kill him. Now, that's bad. You may feel like, well, my friends betrayed me, or my friends didn't come through for me, or my friends said something about me behind my back. That's a whole different thing than David, who he's got people that he knows that he's been close to, and they're trying to kill him. Now, David is not surrounded at this point in his life by encouragers. doesn't mean he never had encouragers, but at this season in his life, he is not. What he's actually surrounded by is a lot of pain and a lot of problems, and he does the only thing that David knows to do in this moment, and it's the right thing. He looks up to God, David does, and then he looks within himself, and as we just saw, he encouraged himself in the Lord. As we get ready to wrap up this service, I've, I've got many weaknesses. I really do. We don't have time 
for me to tell you all of my weaknesses. But I, I am not, here would be a strength, and probably my weaknesses far outweigh my strengths, but here would be a strength. I am not easily discouraged. But you know, a few years ago, I found myself in a season where I was incredibly discouraged. And that summer in July, some of you who know, uh, know me, know our family, you know in July at that point it's not three grandkids, it's two, it's just Kingley and Landry. And they'd live like two miles away, but then my son's uh, company transferred him up to Illinois. And oh my goodness, that was just so heartbreaking to know that these, these great little granddaughters, we just got to see practically every single day that they're going to be moving several states away. Well, that happened. That's not very encouraging, as you can imagine. Some of your uh, grandparents may be able to identify with that. So that's July. In September, I get the call, actually, when I've gone up to uh, Kenley's birthday in Illinois, I get a call while I'm there that my dad passed away. Grandkids moved to Illinois in July and September. My dad passes away. It wasn't long after that, in January, in fact, that my mom passed away. I, I can remember real well when uh, I got the call, and I'm like, oh, my. Just, uh, you know, the grandkids, and now dad's passed away, and I can remember flying from Illinois to Tampa, and uh, Drew picked me up at the Tampa airport, brought me home. I just changed uh, you know, clothes that I'd packed, and I head for Valdosta, Georgia, and I drive straight uh, to the funeral home where the, uh, the visitation time is for my dad. And I can remember, and it, it's crazy. I shouldn't have never done it, but I just, I'm like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to allow myself to get discouraged. And that worked pretty well until I drove past, on the way to the funeral home, I drove past a house that he had lived in for many, many years, see his vehicles, and I just started to weep. I can remember just a few months later, again, it was January. I had not been at a family funeral, if you can imagine, since I was seven years old because we had not lost family. Grandkids moved in July. Dad passes away in September. Mom, my mom, passes away in January. And these are like two major encouragers for me, my dad and my mom. And mom passes away. She had been sick for a little while. And, and, um, and so she was getting near the end, but we didn't know how soon. And I can remember sitting in the church office, and I get a call. I look at my phone, and it's from my older sister. And this is the first words out of her mouth. And she said to me, this is how she said it. She said, Jeff, your mom has gone to heaven. And it was her encouraging way of letting me know that our mom, who we love like crazy, had just passed away. You know, I'd never really... Uh, had any use for FaceTime until the grandbabies had moved to Illinois. But I said to her, because my sister was there, I said, um, and she brought it up. She said, would you like to see mom again? And I said, absolutely. Mom had just passed. And I can remember like it happened yesterday. I just sat there and I looked at my dear, sweet mom, a major encourager in my life. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe. And I just... I remember sitting there, a guy who ordinarily don't cry, just crying again because I'd lost my mom. Well, my grandmother, you know, a year later to the day, she passes away, Mamma, She's like huge in all of our lives. And I can remember it was a season where a guy who normally I'm not easily discouraged, I was pretty discouraged. And I have friends that were encouraging, family members that were encouraging my own family. But I found during that time I had to encourage myself in the Lord. And maybe that's where you're at right now. Whatever it is going on in your life, 
Yeah, you and I need to be encouraging to other people. Daily, seven days a week, we need to encourage other people spiritually at a higher altitude of encouragement. But I'm just telling you out of personal experience, sometimes we've got to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And I'd find that in the Bible. I would read in my devotional time in prayer and remind myself of the presence of God and, and the faithfulness of God. I would remind myself of the promises of God. And maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you just need to remind yourself that God is faithful and that he's with you. And that the great God who encourages those who are discouraged is the God that wants to encourage you today. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for your power and your grace. Help us, we pray, to encourage other people every single day. Every day, people are hearing all these, these negative voices speaking into their life. And God, we are never more like you than when we encourage other people. And help us to do it daily. And help us to do it spiritually. And help us to learn the value. Because all of us are going to have seasons of discouragement. We're like David. We just have to encourage ourselves in you. Help us to do that. And God, if there's any person here today that would say, Lord, I'm, I know that I need a relationship with you, that they would right here, right now, say, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, give me a brand new start. Give me a do-over, a mulligan, because I'd like to give my life to you and know that I'm in relationship with you because, God, I know you love me. And I pray that that will happen today for many, many people. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Happy Mother's Day. We love you, everybody. God bless.